What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gents, boys and girls, you are now tuned in to a brand new episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I am your host with the most, the Hoods ESPN, Crystal Street's very own Dre Day. What's up, what's up, what's up? This is episode 312, episode 312 of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast. I want to thank everybody for their continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. This episode here is going to be a couple of things. Uh, The NBA season has officially started. Um, I think we're only a good two weeks in, so I'm going to give my little assessment of the two weeks that we have witnessed so far. Uh... A new World Series champion has been crowned in Major League Baseball. Um, I'm definitely not going to dive too much into that, but, you know, I did catch some of the games here and there. So I'm going to definitely send congrats in that regards. And, uh, of course, you know, NFL, you know, I'm going to give my Offensive and Defensive Player of the Week awards for Week 8. And then I'm also going to do my game picks for week number nine. But first, let's get into, you know, what's been going on in the association, which is the NBA. Again, we're only about a good two weeks in. And I must say, it's looking all right so far. It's, It's looking very promising. I know this week they're going to start that uh, end-season tournament shit, which I'm not too much of a fan of. Um, I really don't care about this whole end-season tournament shit. Um, Me, personally, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But, hey, I guess the NBA want to try something new, which I guess is not bad. But me, personally, I really don't see why they had to do it. What I do like about it is, is that each team is going to get their own respected court as it pertains to remember back in the day when you had the NBA finals and they had the finals trophy, you know, in the center of the court, you know, underneath the logo or some shit like that. Well, though, every team is going to have their own specific hardwood court as it pertains to the end season tournament. So that's the part that I'm actually interested in because I think uh on Friday it starts and I think I think the first two games is gonna be the Bucks and the Knicks and then I think it's gonna be the Nuggets and the Mavericks. So I'm interested to see how those four courts look, you know, with you know with the design that I've been seeing online. I'm interested to see how the design is gonna look on the basketball court when this in-season tournament starts. But, uh, again, with the start of the season so far, again, we're only, what, four four to seven games in the season. Uh, Boston, the Celtics, and the Mavericks are the only two teams currently right now undefeated. Uh, Boston, I'm not surprised. Dallas, I'm very much surprised that they're undefeated. Um, you know, 
I'm impressed with what I'm seeing from the Mavericks. I'm not even going to hold you. I'm not going to hold you. Luka has had a double-double in every game so far this season. Uh, I'm very much impressed. I'm very much impressed. Uh, the Pelicans is 4-1. and one. Um, Again, again, I don't want to wish bad luck on Zion, but in these five games that he has played, uh, he's averaging almost 22 a game, seven rebounds. C.J. McCullough has been going to work. Um, I remember last year at the end of the season, he missed out the last part of the season because of a, I think it was a injury with his hand or some shit. I think he has, I think he had surgery on his hand of whatnot, and you know he skipped out the last few games of the season to get that taken care of, and now he's doing his thing so far this season. So I'm very much impressed with what I'm seeing out of the New Orleans Pelicans. Both LA teams are three and two to start the season. Um, we all remember the first game of the season. I don't think I did my breakdown on that, but uh, you know, AD was talking heavy shit about the Nuggets, you know, before the season started, because it was a lot of back and forth with the Nuggets and the Lakers, primarily the Nuggets coach Mike Malone. I think at their championship parade. In the summer, uh, he basically said that they were the Lakers' daddies. And, you know, AD was, you know, giving an interview in training camp. And he was saying how him and LeBron, uh, they couldn't wait to play Denver, the opening game of the season. Well, you definitely could have waited because the performance that you put on was horrible. And for me, like me personally, I can care less what Anthony Davis does against the less superior teams. That doesn't mean nothing to me. What I care about is what he's going to do against the heavyweight teams, like the Nuggets, because that is a team who I said they would possibly meet in the NBA Western Conference Finals. If all if all works... I believe that those two teams will possibly meet in the NBA Western Conference Finals. So I could care less what he does against the less tier teams. I care about what he's going to do against the teams that's going to be a threat to them come this regular season and potentially postseason. Golden State is looking good. Golden State is looking very, very good. Uh, they're 4-1. Uh, Steph is doing Steph things, which I'm not surprised. Uh, averaging 31 a game. Chris Paul, I must say, looks good in that Warriors uniform. Me, personally, I would rather him come off the bench as opposed to starting. With Draymond back, I believe that, you know, he's gone on the bench. I, I believe that being that Draymond is back from injury... I think now Chris Paul is back on the bench. I'm not going to say that's where he belongs, but I just think that with his leadership and with his expertise on the basketball court, he can definitely help the young the the the, the young cats coming off the bench for the Golden State Warriors. So again, the Warriors are looking good. The Warriors are looking good. Um my boy Victor Wemby Wemby, Wemby, 
Wimby. Listen. We're only we're only in the the season is not even a it's not even a quarter of being done. But in five games, I must say I'm impressed with what I've seen by him. Especially these first two games, especially these last two games against Phoenix. Uh they've had back-to-back games against the Suns. Uh they played the Suns on Halloween. And then they played the Suns yesterday, to be exact. And he put on great performances in both games, especially the one last night where he dropped a early, a early career high so far this season in his young career, scoring 38 points. 38 points. So this is by far his best outing so far in his young career. 38 points, 10 rebounds, 3 for 6 from the three-point line. He went to work. I was very much impressed. I was very much impressed. And I was even more impressed the Halloween game because I I definitely watched this game. I definitely watched that game in its entirety. Uh... And I must say, I was very much impressed with what I saw, not just from him, but from the whole Spurs team. Because you have you have this team, very young, very young. And yes, you have the tutelage of, in my opinion, the greatest coach in NBA history, Greg Popovich. They could have easily said, okay, we're down 20. We got a day off tomorrow. We got them again on the back-to-back. We'll just play them Thursday. That's not what the Spurs did. They fought, they clawed, they scratched and clawed, and they came back and won in the clutch. Now, some people out there will say, oh, they only won because Booker didn't play. Bradley Bill didn't play. It was only KD. Okay, well, guess what? Yesterday, what happened? Booker was out there. And KD was out there. And the Spurs still won. So I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing from the Spurs team. I'm very, very much impressed. Very much impressed. Um, Again, the season is still young. A lot can happen. But for what I'm seeing so far from this team, I'm I'm, I'm very much enjoying what I'm seeing. Milwaukee is 2-2. Now, for some of y'all, y'all might be shocked because... You know, Dame Dollar is over there now with Giannis. So, a lot of y'all might be shocked that they're starting the season 2-2. Two and two. I'm not shocked. Shit happens. Um, the season just started. Um, they didn't. They, they never really had that much time to gel together. Um, I think Dame showed up a little before training camp. So, he don't really have that chemistry yet with this team. So, listen, I, listen, I guarantee you they're definitely going to be a one or two seed when it's all said and done going into the Eastern Conference playoffs in April. So right now, you know, they two and two. Got a little growing pains, but I'm quite sure they'll get it together when it counts the most, and that will be a little before uh, the postseason. Listen, I said both L.A. teams were three and two. The Brooklyn Nets are two and two. The Knicks are two and three. Um, both New York teams, 
Um, the Sixers are three and one. Uh, aside from the whole drama with James Harden, speaking of his diva ass, he was traded to the Los Angeles Clippers. He got what he wanted. He wanted to be traded, and he wanted to be traded to the Clippers. And that's what wound up happening. And the Clippers didn't really have to give up nobody. They really didn't have to give up nobody. I mean, they gave up some picks or whatnot, but as far as the core pieces to the Clippers, they didn't have to give those pieces up. So now you got James Harden with Kawhi, Paul George, and he's reunited with Westbrook for the third time. Remember, they played with each other, Paws, and OKC. They was teammates in Houston. And now they're teammates again with the Clippers. Listen, I'm about tired of James Harden. I really am. Like, like we, we have to come to the realization that when it comes to teams, he's a disease. He's a disease. I don't want to use that C word, but he's bad luck when it comes to certain teams. Because wherever he goes, the team doesn't succeed. We just have to call it for what it is. Is he a great talent? He's all right. I'm not going to say a great talent. He's all right. And he's very selfish. Um, I think I seen an interview that he just had a few days ago. And he was talking about that how he's not a system player. He's the system and all this other bullshit. Oh, yeah? So if you're the system, why every team you've gone on, y'all haven't won? Answer that for me. You was in Houston. Mike D'Antoni and Daryl Morey, they gave you the keys. And you couldn't win. You didn't want the white there no more. They got rid of him. They didn't, you didn't want Chris Paul there no more. You got rid of him. You still couldn't win. You go to Brooklyn. What happened there? Now, some of that I can't really put the blame on him for because Brooklyn was going through drama at the time. You know, everything with Kyrie, KD was hurt, then him wanting to be out. So part of it I can't really blame James Harden for, but towards the end I could definitely blame him for. Because instead of, you know, being ten toes down, he wanted to be a bitch about everything and then want to be traded. So, you know, he just got a lot of bitch tendencies in him and there's some shit that I don't respect. But let's see what he does with the Clippers because honestly, in my opinion, even with those four on the same team, I still don't see them succeeding. Yeah, they'll do something in the regular season, but come playoff time, I don't see it because we know Kawhi going to get hurt. We know Paul George going to get hurt. It's just a matter of time. Now, I don't want to wish bad luck on these brothers, but we just got to call a spade a spade. These dudes have been injured for years. And I ain't talking injured where they miss 10, 15 games. I'm talking injured where they miss about a good 20 to 30 games. So only time is going to tell when those two brothers Wind up getting hurt. Let's see what happens. But, again, so far what I'm seeing out of this young season, I'm impressed. I'm liking what I'm seeing so far for these first few games of the season. Uh, the defending champs, the Nuggets, is 4-1. and 
But my surprise, Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies is the only team, the only team that has not won a game yet. Now, I think it was my last episode where I said that the last two years when John Morant was out, whether it was through a suspension or through injury, the Grizzlies had a winning record when he wasn't out there. Well, we all know he suspended for the first 25 games this season. So he got 20 more to go. And so far, they're 0-5 without him. 0-5 without him. So let's see what happens with the Grizzlies for the duration of this season. But uh yes. Again, I'm 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 impressed with what I'm seeing so far out of this young season. So let's keep it going. Congratulations are in order to the Texas Rangers in Major League Baseball. <coughs> they have won their first ever World Series championship. I believe it was 2010 and 2011 when they had back-to-back years of making the World Series, but they came up empty-handed. Not this year, and they were the and they and they were the Road Warriors for that matter, because they didn't lose a game on the road the whole playoffs. The whole playoffs, they did not lose a road game. Now think about this. The playoff format this year, they had to go through four rounds. They had to go through the wild card where they beat the Rays. And I think in that round, it's a best of three. So they went to Tampa, won those two games, ended the series. They then go to Baltimore, win that series that obviously... The Orioles had home field advantage. They won the first two games there. Went back home, closed out the series there. Then, in the National League Championship Series, the American League Championship Series, they played the cheating-ass Astros. And they win four games in that series. And all four games they won was on the road. They won the first two at home. Well, they won the first two on the road. Then in their house, they lose three. Then they come back and win six and seven in Houston. Or maybe they or maybe or maybe they was up three two. Regardless of the fact Regardless of the fact, they did not lose on the road, period, in these playoffs. And then we get to the World Series where they beat the Diamondbacks in the gentleman's sweep in five games, four games to one, and they closed it out in Arizona. Now, listen to what I just said. They won on the road. They didn't lose on the road. All those teams that they beat, Spell spell it spell it spell their names out. 
Rays, Orioles, Astros, Diamondbacks. Rays, Orioles, Astros, Diamondbacks. You know what that spells? Road. The first letter of those names, Road. And that's what they did. They won the World Series as Road Warriors. So congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Uh, listen, they're in the American League. So I'm gonna always be I'm always gonna be happy when an American League win team, even though it ain't my Yankees, because the Yankees is in the American League. So I'm always going to be happy for an American League team that wins the World Series. But definitely congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Uh Corey Seeger won his second World Series. MVP award. I believe him and Mr. October Reggie Jackson are the only two players in the history of the World Series to win multiple World Series MVPs. And not only did they win two multiple World Series MVPs, but they did it with two different teams. Seager, I believe, did it with now the Rangers and obviously the Dodgers. And then Reggie Jackson did it with the Oakland A's. And he also did it with my Yankees way, way, way back in the day. But, uh, again, very much happy for this Texas Rangers team because you got to think about it from this perspective. They, they, they paid all this money to Jacob DeGrom early this season. He gets hurt, misses the rest of the season. And remember, he got hurt early in the season. Early in the season. There was a time where the Rangers was looking very scary in the American League. Towards the latter end of the season, regular season, the Astros started to creep up, showed their experience, and took the division away from the Rangers. What do they do? They go pick up Max Scherzer from the Mets. And then you have a bunch of players on that Texas Ranger team. A bunch of players that went out there and went to work. Odolis Garcia had a world, had a, not, not even a world series. He had a postseason for the ages. He had eight home runs this whole postseason. 22 RBIs. He had a 323 batting average. He could have did more damage had he not got hurt in the World Series. Tavares did his thing. Cedeman did his thing. Like, I'm very happy for this Texas Rangers team. Bruce, Bruce Bochy, I think that's, I think the manager, I think that's his name. I'm happy for him. Like, I didn't even know that, I didn't even know he was out the league. I thought he was managing somebody else and then wound up playing and then wound up managing Texas. He wasn't even managing. 
They called them up before the season started <coughs> and asked him if he wanted to come back and manage. And then his first year, he wins the championship. But again, he's not he's not new to championships. He won three with the San Francisco Giants back in the day. So this is not his first goal as it pertains to winning championships. I'm just saying that how the man was sitting on his damn recliner chair, kicking his feet up, gets a phone call. Hey, you want to come manage the Texas Rangers? And then in his first year, they win the World Series. You got to respect that. You got to respect that. Pete Game, though. And this is the part of this that I'm not too happy about. And the reason I'm not too happy about it is because I believe it's three players in particular. I think. I think it's three players. It might be four, which might add insult to injury. Four of these players that I'm going to mention that are on this Texas Ranger team used to play for my Yankees. And for whatever the reason may be, well, one of them I know we released. The other ones we traded. But regardless of the fact, all four of these individuals are now, well, Adolis Chapman, he was already a World Series champion already with the Cubs in 2016. Which is crazy because he was a part, he's now a part of two championships. He's a part of two championship teams that had World Series droughts. The Cubs had a 108-year drought of winning a World Series. They broke that in 2016. The Texas Rangers had a 62-year drought because they had never won before. So they've been in the league, they've been in the majors for 62 years and never won until this year. And now Adonis Chapman has been on teams. He's been on teams that ended two of the longest World Series droughts in Major League Baseball history. But the other names, Jordan Montgomery. Remember, we got rid of him early this season. I think he had a stint. I think, I think he had a stint with the Cardinals. Then I think they cut him, and then he wound up in Texas. And now he's a World Series champion. Or, wait, I think he was with us last year, was with St. Louis this year, and then got traded to Texas. Regardless of the fact he was with us, and then now he's a World Series champion. So that's two players I mentioned. The other two, Nathan Avaldi. Hopefully I said his name right. I actually liked him when he was in pinstripes. A few years ago. Leaves us. Goes to the Red Sox, obviously does nothing there, now winds up in Texas, and now is a World Series champion. 
and then Andrew Heaney. So all four of those players used to be in pinstripes. And now that they leave us, regardless of when they left, they are now World Series champions. Part of me is happy. Part of me is not happy. But, you know, it is what it is. That's just the way. That's just the way of the world. So, you know, again, congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Uh, again, I don't think anybody expected them to win the World Series this year. If anybody said that they said that the Texas Rangers was going to win the World Series this year, they're lying. I don't even think I, I don't even think their own fans suspected them to win. Now, if a fans that they say that they did, you know, you're supposed to ride with your team. But your average baseball fan, before the season started, if you said, yeah, the Texas Rangers was going to win the World Series, you're lying. Because nobody thought that shit. Nobody thought that. The odds were not in their favor to win the World Series this year. And they did it. So I'm very much happy for them. Very much happy for them. Do I see them doing it next year? Only time will tell. I mean, DeGrom will be back. Max Scherzer will have a full season with them, I believe, if he can stay healthy. I do, I, I do believe they got some key free agents coming up that they might have to pay if they want to repeat. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. But once again, just congratulations to the Texas Rangers. Now let's get into some NFL talk. Uh, week eight, week eight, week eight, week eight. Now I'm not going to give a whole recap on what happened in week eight, but I will say this though. That Jets and Giants game that happened last weekend. And I've been paying attention to the news just to see if that kicker from the Giants was going to get cut. But for some reason, he didn't get cut. Because me personally, if I was a part of that Giants front office... After he missed that field goal in that fourth quarter, that could have iced the game. All he had to do was make that field goal. And the game is over. Yeah, the Jets might have been able to make some noise and probably go down the field. But they wouldn't have had enough time. Especially with Zach Wilson as the quarterback. But what you did was you missed the field goal and you let the Jets go down the field, kick the field goal, and take the game into overtime. And to add insult to injury, not only did the game go into overtime, but the Jets won. When the game didn't even have to go in overtime, had you made an easy field goal. Now, if I'm the Giants, yeah. He got to go. Don't even enter your locker. Just get out. Like, yeah, we cutting you now. But see, I'm not, I'm not in the Giants front office. 
But had that been me, oh yeah, he'd have been gone. He'd have been gone. For sure, for sure. He'd have been gone. But I'm still happy for the Jets, though, because listen, they're now four and three without Aaron Rodgers. And there have been videos of Aaron Rodgers on the football field throwing passes, dropping back just a little bit, throwing the daggers. But see, it looks good. It definitely does. But, you know, let's see what happens when he's really, really practicing with the team and some of those linemen and linebackers is chasing after him and he got to scramble. See, he already doing dropbacks right now. He's not scrambling. So it looks good. It's very hopeful. For, <laughs> it's very hopeful for Jet fans, especially Greedy on ESPN. Like he can't stop talking about Aaron Rodgers. He loves him some Aaron Rodgers, but it's comedy when he does it. So I'm not really tripping off of it. It's not like Nick Wright when he talks about LeBron, like he's sucking LeBron off of some shit. But when Greedy talks about Aaron Rodgers, it's actually comical. So I'm all for it. But I'm happy for the Jets being four and three, even without Aaron Rodgers. I'm 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 very much happy for them, very much happy for them. Um, the Cowboys put a spanking on the Rams, forty-three to twenty. Now I know it was some people that were saying that the Rams might give Cowboys problems. I knew the Cowboys would win. I just didn't think it would be in this magnitude. And quiet is kept. I believe the Cowboys, I think, I think they got like a nice little winning streak going on in that building. I think they got a nice little streak. I think they got like a good 8 to 10 game winning streak in that building. I think, don't quote me, I think. Dak probably played by far his best game of the season. CeeDee Lamb definitely played his best game so far of the season. Very much impressed. Very much impressed. Not even gonna lie. Y'all know I hate the Cowboys, but I gotta give credit where it's I, I gotta give credit where it's due. The Vikings lost Kirk Cousins. They lost Kirk Cousins for the rest of the season due to an Achilles injury. That's unfortunate. Now, I ain't going to lie to you. I don't expect the Vikings to do shit anyway this season. But to lose him, and then you already... You're, you know, you're already without Justin Jefferson. But now you're going to be without Kirk Cousins for the rest of the season. They might as well just pack this season up now anyway because they wasn't going to do anything anyway. But, I mean, yeah, it looks good that you're 4-4. Four four, but you're already, Jefferson's already out. No timetable on his return. And now you lost Kirk Cousins for the rest of the season. Yeah, y'all might as well pack it up. Y'all might as well pack it up. And I ain't the biggest Kirk Cousins fan, but what he has done for Minnesota, he, he's been very, very decent, to say the least. He still can't win a big game, but still.
still a still a good quarterback to say the least. The damn Chiefs lost to the Broncos. Now remember, they had a nice little winning streak against the Broncos. I think since 2017, if I'm not mistaken, the Chiefs had never lost to the Broncos. Never. Never. But that streak got snapped last weekend. Patrick Mahomes had a horrible game. Two interceptions. Didn't even throw a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, maybe had you not went to that World Series game on that Friday and maybe kept your head in the books and get ready for that game on Sunday, maybe this wouldn't have been the case. Or maybe, just maybe, now, listen, we already know about the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift situation, right? Or... Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey situation. I get all that. But on ESPN Get Up, Greedy put up a stat where he said, when Taylor Swift is in the building, when she's at the game, the Kansas City Chiefs are 4-0. Right? They're 4-0 when she's at the games. Travis Kelsey averages... Over 100 receiving yards when she's in the building. And they're 4-0. and oh. And they average 30 points or better when she's in the building. She wasn't in the building for this game. She wasn't in the Mount High State. She's in Argentina for her tour. And what happened? They went to Denver and lost 24 to 9. Well, guess what? It ain't going to be any easier <laughs> because this weekend they got the Dolphins. And guess what? Not only will not only will Taylor Swift not be there. They got to go to Germany. So this is going to be an international game. The Chiefs better get it together. They better get it together. The Niners lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm not going to lie. This was one of my losses in week eight. This was one of my losses. Me personally, I'm not liking the direction the Niners are in right now because, I mean, Debo is hurt. Uh, Bosa has been very inconsistent as of late. Christian McCaffrey's not all the way healthy. Brock Purdy has now, I'm not going to say he's becoming Mr. Irrelevant like he was for his draft stock or whatever, but all the hype that they had, all the hype that they was throwing his way early this season and talking about how, oh, he's an MVP candidate, well, all that shit out the window right now. I mean, the Niners still are 5-3. They're clearly not the best team in the NFC no more. If you would have said this a few weeks ago after the spanking they gave the Cowboys, then yeah, you could say they were the best team in the NFC, but that's far gone now. 
And then now you got Cincinnati, who's peaking at the right time. Because remember, early this season, they weren't playing too well. They were not playing too well when the season first started. Remember, Joe Burrow wasn't healthy. You understand what I'm saying? Like, he wasn't healthy. You know, he was dealing with the calf injury, but still was going out there trying to play. They started the season 0-3. They lost to Cleveland, Baltimore, and the Rams. And then now, they're on a four-game winning streak. They're striking at the right time. But this weekend, they got Buffalo. So will the streak continue or will they lose? But I will tell you this, though. They got history against Buffalo. Remember, they beat them last year in the playoffs, in the snow, in Buffalo. So they got history with Buffalo in the postseason. So let's see if that piggybacks this regular season on prime time on Sunday Night Football. But again, Cincinnati is creeping at the right time. Joe Burrow is looking like the old Joe Burrow. He's looking like the Joe Burrow that deserved his money before the season started. I'll say that. We gonna see though. We definitely going to see though. But enough with my recap of week eight. Let's get into my offensive and defensive player of the week awards. Now, on offense, I'm not going to lie to you. It was very, very, very tough to pick an offensive player of the week. It really was. I wanted to go with Dak. I wanted to go with Dak because of what he did against the Rams, right? I wanted to go with Dak. 25 for 31, over 300 yards, passing. However, if you have been paying attention to the podcast, when I give away this award, what's the key thing that I say that you can't do? You can't turn the ball over. So even if you're a running back, If you had a 200-plus running game, but you turned that ball over, I got to disqualify you. If you are a quarterback and you had 300-something yards, four touchdowns, yeah, it looks good. But where that abbreviation says INT, when those initials say INT and there's a number that's there aside from zero, I got to penalize you. The reason why I couldn't give Dak offensive player of the week is because he threw an interception. Yes, the numbers look amazing. <laughs> yes, the numbers look amazing. The stats look amazing. But I had to penalize him because he threw a turnover. I also wanted to go with Will Levis. Louis, Louise, hopefully I said his name right, rookie. He threw four touchdowns in his debut against the Atlanta Falcons, quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. I, I wanted to go with him. 
I so wanted to go to him. And I was going to lean towards him. But see, the last two, three weeks, I've gave offensive player of the week to quarterbacks. Week seven, I gave it to Lamar Jackson. Week six, I gave it to Jared Goff. You understand what I'm saying? Week four, I gave it to Josh Allen. Week three, I gave it, I, you know, week three, I gave it to Tua. So it's like I'm being biased towards quarterbacks. So I said, you know what? This week, I'm going to give it to a wide receiver. And that wide receiver I gave it to, shout out to my boy Aaron B from Tacos and Touchdowns. I gave it to your boy CD. <clears throat> I gave it to your boy CD Lamb of the Cowboys. I gave CD Lamb my Week Eight Offensive Player of the Week award. He deserved it. Twelve receptions for 158 receiving yards, and he got in the touchdown. Well, he got in the end zone twice. If you can do that. And he did, and he didn't turn the ball over. Remember, that's the key. He did not turn the ball over, so that will definitely help. You get my defensive player of the week award, offensive player of the week award. Now let's go to my defensive player of the week. My defensive player of the week. That was kind of easy for me. I didn't have no trouble with this one. Didn't have no trouble. I gave it to Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. Yes, sir. He recovered the fumble. And he caught an interception. Off of Patrick Mahomes. So off those two things alone, you recovered the fumble. And you caught an interception. So, yes. You are my defensive player of the week for week number eight. And with that being said, before we wrap up this episode, because I'm not sure if y'all can tell, your boy is a little under the weather. So I'm not trying to be on this episode this long. I want to make me some tea and, you know, get to relax and whatnot. So we are going to get into my picks for week number. What week is this? It's about to be week number nine. And last week, I redeemed myself from the previous week. I think I was, what, 5 and 8 the week prior? I was 12 and 4 this week. 12 and 4. Okay, week 9. We start off with the Steelers and the Titans for Thursday night football I'm not gonna hold you after what the Steelers I mean 
after what the Titans did against Atlanta, I was going to lean towards them. But then I thought about Pittsburgh and how they've been as of late in primetime games. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go with the Steelers. So I'm going with the Steelers to win Thursday night football. Now we get to the Sunday games. Now remember, the Chiefs and the Dolphins, that is a 9.30 game in the morning. And it's in Germany. I actually hate that this game is going to be on the NFL Network because I don't have that. I don't have that channel. Listen, Verizon Files sucks ass. And their cable bill is horrible. We have no movie channels. And our bill be crazy. So I had to take the NFL Network off my damn, off my shit. So if anybody knows of a way that I could watch the game, I would gladly appreciate it because this game is going to be a doozy. You know, Tyreek Hill was definitely going to try to go out there and rain terror on the Dolphins. I mean, on the Chiefs. Remember, they didn't want to pay him. So he went to Miami and got his money. Even had the even had the even had the nerve to say that Ty, that Tua was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Like, all right, okay, we get that you're on a new team. We get that you're trying to gain that rapport with your quarterback. But now you're talking out your ass. Now you're talking out your ass. But uh this game here, this is gonna be a tough one to pick. I'm not even going to hold you. This game is going to be a tough one. But I will say this, though. Neither team has home field advantage because it's not the States. It's in Germany. So, with that being said, I don't think I've ever seen Patrick Mahomes have two back-to-back bad games, right? Now, he could have a good game and still lose. Don't get it twisted. He could have a good game and still lose. I like this Dolphins team, though. I'm not even going to hold you. And I and and I, and I honestly believe this right here is a true test for the Dolphins because if you think about their wins this year, what credible team did they really beat? They haven't. There's no credible win on their resume. Then the credible opponents they had, they lost. The Bills smoked them. The Eagles beat them. So all the credible teams that they were supposed to play this season so far, they've lost. They they've lost to. So, just because of that, I gotta go with the Chiefs. Because with this young season, nine weeks, they've played eight games. The two teams that were credible opponents. A team in their division, Buffalo, they got smacked. 
Eagles, different conference, primetime football, they lost. So they're 0-2 so far against credible opponents. I believe that trait continues and they lose to the Chiefs on Sunday. Seahawks and Ravens. This is going to be a goodie. This Seahawks defense is amazing. I'm not even going to hold you. I am not going to hold you. Now, usually when West Coast teams come to the East, you know that, you know that three-hour difference, sometimes it affects them. You know what I'm saying? Now, the Seahawks did have an East Coast game earlier this year, but that was against the Giants. This is against the Ravens. And I think they put a beating on the Giants. I don't expect them to put a beating on the Ravens. Not only do I not expect them to put a beating on the Ravens, I don't expect them to beat the Ravens either. I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to give the edge to the Ravens. Listen, as long as Kenneth Walker III helps me with my fantasy team, that's the only positive thing I want to come out this game for the Seahawks because I got the Ravens winning. Next, we got the Browns and the Cardinals. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. Next, we got the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Houston Texans. This Houston team is very impressive. I'm not going to hold you. But they did let me down last week by losing to the damn Panthers. They gave the Panthers their first win of the season. I don't know if I can forgive them for that. I don't know if I can forgive them for that. I honestly don't know if I can. And then they're playing Tampa and... Baker's been playing all right. He's been playing all right. Mike Evans, that's my guy. Godwin is my guy. I'm not going to lie to you. Dang, I really don't know who I'm going to pick for this one. I'm going to go with Tampa. Fuck it. I'm going to go with Tampa. I'm going to go with Tampa to beat the Houston Texans. It wouldn't shock me if Houston won, though. I just said I've been impressed with them. Aside from them losing to the Panthers, it wouldn't shock me if they won this game. Next, we got the Saints and the Bears. Listen, these past few weeks, I have gone with the Saints. And they have disappointed me. Well, actually, no. I picked them to beat the Colts, and they did win. So, actually, they kind of haven't been disappointing me. I take that back. But I got the Saints to beat the Bears. We got the Vikings and the Falcons. 
I am going to go with the Falcons. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Don't know why, but I'm going to go with the Falcons. <laughs> I don't know, but you know. Next, we got the Rams and the Packers. I'm going with the Rams. Going with the Rams. Next, we got the Commanders and the Patriots. Man. <sighs> Damn. I honestly don't know. I honestly have no idea where I'm going with this pick. I don't. I don't trust neither team. Honestly, I don't. I do not know where I'm going to go. But I will say this, though. I was more impressed with the Commanders last weekend against the Eagles than I was of the Patriots against the Dolphins. Now, even though both of them lost, you know the old saying, you're only as good as your last battle or your last game or whatever. Well, I was more impressed with the commander's loss than I was with the Patriots loss. So with that, I'm going to go with the commanders to go to Foxborough and beat the Patriots. Next, we got the Colts and the Panthers. I'm going to go with the Colts. Next, we got the Giants and the Raiders. Finally, Josh McDaniel got the boot. Finally. Because personally, he shouldn't have been the coach of the Raiders to begin with. Now, hopefully after this stint, you know, hopefully he doesn't become a head coach again. Because me personally, in my honest opinion, he's not a head coach. He's a great offensive coordinator. He is not a good head coach. He's not even, he's not a great head coach. He's not a good head coach. He's not a decent head coach. He is an offensive coordinator. That's what he is. You know, a lot of these coaches that's a part of Coach Belichick's family tree, they all branch off. They leave that tree and try to go somewhere and do something on their own, and they've never been successful. Not one disciple of Coach Belichick has gone somewhere and been successful. Not one. Not even Romeo Cornell. And I love me some Romeo Cornell. Do your research if you don't know who he was. Is. But, uh, yep. I'm going to go at the Giants. I tell you what, man, I know Devontae won out of there. I know that. I don't care what he say. He could be PC about it all he want. I know he won out of Vegas because this ain't what he signed up for. 
when he went to Vegas, he was hoping to play alongside his college buddy, Derek Carr. Then they sent his ass to New Orleans. And now he's playing alongside Jimmy G, <laughs> and his ass can't stay healthy. Why am I not surprised? But, yeah, I feel bad for Devontae Adams. Here comes the big game. Here comes the big... Me, personally, I think this game should be the primetime game. We got the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Eagles, 7-1. The Cowboys, 5-2. Honestly, I have no idea who I'm going with with this game. But I will say this. I will say this. A.J. Brown is in the MVP conversation this year. The numbers that he is putting up for a receiver, these first few games of the season... <laughs> Historic shit. Historic shit. Historic shit that he's doing. My man making one hand catches like it's water. Even when the defenders is doing foul shit to him, he's still making those plays. CD Lamb went to work last week. Can he have a repeat of that this week in Philly? Dak had the best game of the season so far last week. Can he have a repeat of that against Philly this week? Jalen Hurts has been consistent one week, inconsistent the next week. Can he right the wrongs? And it's in Philly. Here's the thing, though. Dak is undefeated against the Eagles. Now, now, I get it. He's been in the league since 2016. And 20, yeah, 2016. He's played the Eagles three times since he's been in the league. Some games, remember, some games he was injured, so... Yeah, they played, but he was injured, so you can't count that. It's when he suited up and played them. He's undefeated against the Eagles. He has not lost against the Eagles. And they're averaging over 40 points a game when he plays those games. Now, I know what y'all thinking. Y'all thinking, oh, well, Dre's saying that, so he's going with the Cowboys. Let me tell you something. This is my birthday weekend. Well, actually, my birthday was Wednesday. Nothing will cap off my weekend. Nothing will cap off my birthday weekend than for those Eagles to beat the Cowboys. So this pick, this is going to be an emotional pick for me. This is going to be an emotional pick for me. I'm going with the Eagles to beat the Cowboys. 
Yep. This is an emotional pick for me. Because, listen, let's be real. The Cowboys have a great opportunity to win this game. I'm not even going to sit here and act like they don't because they do. Their defense is amazing. So I'm not even going to sit here and act like, oh, they don't have a shot to beat the Eagles because, yes, they do. Yes, they do. But I don't want them to. I don't want them to beat the Eagles. I want the Cowboys to continue to suffer. Because if they were to lose this game, I mean, they could still win the division because the Eagles' upcoming games ain't going to be, you know, cakewalks. But this would definitely hurt the Cowboys in some way if they was to lose this game. So, yes, to cap off my birthday weekend, I want the Cowboys to lose, so I'm going with the Eagles. Then we got the Bills and the Bengals on prime time football. Now, if I could recall last year, these were the two teams that played on Monday Night Football where DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills had that gruesome, gruesome incident on the football field. Cardiac arrest. When the game had to be postponed, where the NFL world went into silence when Skip Bayless made that bullshit-ass remark about, oh, how can the game be postponed at this time, this time of the season, with the playoffs right around the corner, and then him and Uncle Shay got into their little, you know, spat a few days after. Well, now these two teams meet up again. Now, again... I said earlier that they met last season in the playoffs, but it was in Buffalo. This game is going to be in Cincinnati. And yes, I get it. Cincinnati has been playing great as of late. They have. They're on a four-game winning streak, and I give them that. They are currently on a four-game winning streak. They're striking at the right time. This is going to be a goodie. It definitely is. I just think. I just think from an emotional standpoint. I'm going to give the edge to the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to give the edge to the Bills. Both teams can't afford to lose this game. Again, the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens still got a hold on the AFC North. 
And if they was to lose to Seattle and Cincinnati wins this game, there'll be a full game behind them for the lead. Buffalo still is trying to keep up with Miami for the AFC East. So both teams could definitely afford to win this game. But I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills to get the win. And then we got Sunday and then we got Monday night football. We got the Jets and the Chargers. If Aaron Rodgers was playing in this game, I would go with the Jets. However, they're going against Zach Wilson. And I don't give a fuck what Dan Orlowski says on ESPN talking about Zach Wilson played great against the Giants. No, the fuck he didn't. I don't know what game you were watching, but he did not play great in that game against the Giants. Did he have some great moments? Yes, but don't say he played great because he didn't play great at all. But I'm going with the Chargers to get the win. I'm picking the Chargers to beat the Jets on Monday night football. So those are my picks. I'm going with the Steelers, Chiefs, Ravens, Browns, Bucks, Saints, Falcons, Rams, Commanders, Colts, Giants, Eagles, Bills, and Chargers. So those are my picks for week number nine. There you have it. So thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going, keep it flowing. But before I go, I gotta do the would you rather. Y'all thought I forgot about that, huh? And being that my birthday was Wednesday, this would be a good question to ask for Would You Rather. And the question is, would you rather never celebrate your birthday again or never drink alcohol again? Well, I'll say this. I didn't celebrate my birthday this year. Well, actually, the night before I celebrated, you know, a friend of mine surprised me and took me out to bowling, which everybody that knows me knows I love bowling. So, you know, a friend surprised me and took me bowling. I had a great time. Had a great time. Surprised me with a little, uh, surprised me like a little cake, you know, little chocolate cake with ice cream at the bowling alley. Uh... They shouted me out over the loudspeaker. I mean, they could have played a Jay-Z song to, you know, make me feel a little bit better. But, hey, it's the thought that counts. I'll take it regardless. But the actual day of my birthday, I couldn't really celebrate because your boy was under the weather. But that still didn't stop my parents from taking me out to eat at Red Lobster. Never celebrate your birthday again or never drink alcohol again. 
I don't know, man. You need, I mean, you got those moments where you need to have some alcohol in your system. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you got to have those moments where you got to have some alcohol in you. You got to pick the poison. You know, see me, I'm, I'm a dark lip. I'm, I'm, I'm a dark liquor guy. You know, it's either Hennessy or Douce for me. I ain't drinking anything else but those two things. If you even try to give me anything else, we gonna pour it out for the dead homies. Never celebrate your birthday again. I mean, me, I don't really celebrate my birthday that much anyway. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm gonna go with, I'd rather never celebrate my birthday again. Because again, I don't really celebrate it as it is. If I do, it's once in the blue. You understand what I'm saying? But that never drank alcohol again. Again, there's times you might need it. There's times you might need it. So, yeah, I'll go with the never celebrate my birthday again. But that alcohol, man, like, I'm not going to say and say I drank like crazy, but, you know, sometimes you may need some liquor in your system. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I'd rather go with that. I'd rather go with the never celebrating your birthday again. So, there you have it. Uh, once again, thank y'all for y'all continued support. Keep it going. Keep it flowing. Y'all can catch me on all podcast platforms except Tidal. I'm on iHeartRadio, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify if I didn't say it. Again, like I said, man, your boy under the weather, so my man is not, my mind is not all the way there. Uh, y'all can find me on Facebook. Dre Day, y'all can find me on Instagram, Dre Day 1985, or Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast, and y'all can also find me on X, Dre Day 1985, the link's in the bio, so once again, thank y'all for y'all continued support, keep it going, keep it flowing, and closing, y'all know how this goes, this has been another episode of Sportsway with Dre Day Podcast, God bless, peace and love, catch y'all on the flip side, your boy is out of here, peace. What up, what up, what up? It's your man, Dre Day, and I have a PSA announcement for y'all. Did y'all know that only 38% of African Americans were able to identify financial terms on the PFN Index, an annual financial survey? Why is that? Because we're never given the tools to succeed in the financial sector. Will with American Classic Agency has been designing financial maps for his clients to succeed for over a decade for clients on both coasts. With Will, you will be able to create a game plan to get out of debt and create the wealth that you and your family deserve. If you're interested, please contact Will at willspady at gmail.com. That's W-I-L-L-S-P-A-D-Y at gmail.com or call him at 443-810-0384.